the alternative ways that I practice so rewarding as well because often when Western medicine, you know, is done helping Chinese medicine and alternative therapies can help even longer and, and improve the quality of life for your pet at another level. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today on Dog Words, Dr. Sally Barchman from State Line Animal Hospital and Holistic Health discusses acupuncture and other alternative treatments for dogs. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. We welcome suggestions for topics and guests. The only way we know the ones you like is if you tell us. Then we'll try to deliver more of that. Please download, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share Dog Words. Celebrate five years of Rosie Fund by supporting our campaign to sponsor 50 dogs. You can donate on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website or by buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com. Links are in the description. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches and Her Friends, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content like trainers Jason and Sandra Sindeldecker from Missouri Patriot Paws teaching service dogs how to walk in their new boots. We have more videos coming from Missouri Patriot Paws, so subscribe and click the bell to be notified when those are posted. Remember, you can commission recent Dogwords guest Ashley Shans through her Facebook page, Shans's Sketchbook, to sketch a beautiful memento of your pet with the proceeds benefiting charities. This makes a great gift, especially if you know someone who has lost a pet. Use the keyword Rosie when you contact Ashley if you want Rosie Fund to be the beneficiary charity. Next time on Dog Words, we head north to Alaska with veterinarian volunteer Dr. Vern Ott for a fascinating and enlightening discussion of the last great race, the Iditarod. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Joining us on the phone today is Dr. Sally Barchman from State Line Animal Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sally. Thank you so much for having me. We have had Liz Jeans, a massage therapist who treats dogs, as a guest on the show. We have had Dr. Kimberly Hunt, who does chiropractic for animals. And both of those guests pointed out that you, Dr. Sally Barchman, would be a great guest for Dog Words <laughs> because not only are you a veterinarian, you use some non-traditional techniques that uh, have shown success with dogs and other animals. Before we get to that, that was the tease. How did you become a veterinarian? Kind of interesting. I grew up with zero animals. <laughs> My parents just weren't into pets, but finally in my junior year of high school, like we got a cat, but then I went to college, obviously, but I got hooked up with the local vet in small town and started working there when I was 14, and it was just my dream, and it, I made it happen, went to Iowa State and graduated from there. For our listeners who don't know, Iowa State is one of the premier veterinary schools in the country. That's what I say, yes. <laughs> they are all really good, but yes, I agree. So, yeah, so I'll validate your opinion, which people might 
they could be biased. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. great that you worked with a veterinarian when you were a teen because, and I've talked about this on the show before, I used to work at a college that had a veterinary technology program, and I was on the screening board for the competitive admission process. And people had to not only submit their academic background and references, but also an essay on why they would like to be a veterinary technician. And I'm sure this is also the case with veterinarians, that there are people who don't have a realistic understanding of what that occupation entails, that it's not just delivering puppies and... Petting them. Yeah, (laughs) that I, I get to tell someone, oh, look, you have six golden retriever puppies, congratulations, Um, or just the basic spay and neuter, and there's so much more that goes into it, and end-of-life decisions, and traumatic emergencies, and things that you don't see in a Disney movie. That is correct. Not everything is warm and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And they don't always have a happy ending. Working with a vet, was that really eye-opening for you? It was. That was the hardest part, getting used to, yeah, the negative part of veterinary medicine. But it was quite different, too, because it was a very small town. So there's levels of medicine. Mm -hmm. But I I learned so much from working there all throughout high school and coming back on breaks in college. And, yeah, it taught me a lot about the real part of veterinary medicine. One of the rewarding aspects of those challenging situations is knowing that you can tell that pet's family that we gave them the best chance, that they were given the best care, they were given the best opportunity, a tough decision was made, but it's a decision that we can all be comfortable with rather than someone who doesn't know what to do if their dog is suffering. Where do they turn? Having a vet you can trust just can make all the difference in the world as far as being able to emotionally cope with those challenging situations. That's correct. And you're 100% on it that trust is a huge part of our practice of veterinary medicine. You have to develop that trust to make the right decisions for your pets. And there's so many things that go into those decisions. And if you trust your vet, then you feel comfortable making the decisions that are best for your pet and your family. The alternative ways that I practice so rewarding as well, because often when Western medicine you know, is done helping Chinese medicine and alternative therapies can help even longer and, and improve the quality of life for your pet at another level. Yeah, that's a perfect transition to talking yeah. about the treatments you offer because even with Western medicine, when you're offering treatment options, your patient's owners haven't read the drug studies when you're offering different, you know, here's this mm-hmm. antibiotic or this steroid or recommended this surgery. They don't really know what the uh, possible side effects might be. They just have to trust that you know and you're offering the best options available. When it comes to non-traditional medicine, people are probably even more in the dark and really do have to trust you. That is true. But these days, clients are all over the board, but a lot of people do their own research. So Mm -hmm. they're I mean, our clients are amazing, and they have a ton of knowledge on their own, too. But, yes, alternative care is still just new, especially in the Midwest, and there's a lot of education that goes along with that and just getting them on board on trying things. But, you know, most people are so open to it, 
we do a lot of integrative medicine, which means Western, Eastern, and alternative therapies, and people can pick and choose what's the best for their pet. And we typically do one or two things at a time so that we know that what's working and we haven't Mm -hmm. spent all the pet owner's money. And I know that's frustrating for for all patients, animal and human, when their caregiver is saying, okay, we're going to try this one thing. And then that one thing doesn't work. It's like, what are we doing? It's like, well, we Mm -hmm. have to know. We can't just throw everything at you because not only contraindications, but if something works, we need to know which one it is. Or if something's making you worse, (laughs) we need to know what that is too. So you need to isolate the variables. We keep dancing around alternative medicine and (laughs) Eastern practices. Tell us what alternative options you give your patients. My main focus is Chinese medicine, and that includes acupuncture, Chinese herbal therapy, and Chinese food therapy. There's also a couple aspects of Twina, which is massage, but Liz Jeans does our canine massage, so she takes care of that component. And then chiropractic kind of goes along with that Chinese philosophy of just keeping the whole body in alignment and everything balanced. We also offer cold laser therapy and we do a referral a lot for physical therapy. We don't do that here, but that's very important for pets as well. And I'm considering adding ozone therapy and I I'll touch on that. Maybe we can do a podcast on that later. I Oh, we'd love to have you back when you have have more information to yeah. share. We want, yeah. want to make sure that so, uh, our audience knows all of the options available. Yes. And so that's new, and I'll get back to you on that. I'm just learning about that, but it's very promising, really awesome results. And getting the word out there is one of the biggest parts because it's very sad when I get an owner that comes here and finally finds chiropractic or acupuncture or therapy for animals, finally finds us and wishes they had this, known about this for a previous pet. Mm-hmm. That breaks my heart. That's the big thing is trying to get this out there that it's available. And then it works. Yeah. When we had uh, Dr. Kimberly Hunt, and I will link to the uh, interviews for both Liz Jeans and Dr. Hunt in the description of this episode, as well as having a link for Stateline Animal Hospital, Dr. Hunt talked about being a chiropractor and not knowing that this was a treatment option for animals. Yeah. And she was a chiropractor. Right. And if she didn't know about it, and so then when her eyes were open, it's like, well, yeah, this is the road I want to go down. Yeah. Certainly the general public is going to be in the dark, not only about chiropractic, but massage and acupuncture and other treatment modalities, cold laser. I've had a cold laser and was amazed because it was treating an injury that I've had many times that an injury I'd had in high school that weakened an area of my body that I repeatedly injure. So I know Mm -hmm. what the recovery is. Mm -hmm. As you get older, it takes longer to recover. (laughs) Yeah. Newsflash, people. I tried cold laser. It was the best recovery I have ever had from mm. that recurring injury. Yeah, it was amazing. amazing. A couple of things on that. Our previous owner, Dr. Ott, who I bought the practice from, he actually bought his own cold laser for home use, helping his wife arthritis, I think it was, and he fell, and it really helped him recover, too. I mean, they're they're expensive, but they're so worth it. They work. Yeah. And the other story I have is... Well, before you get I to that story, you, oh, you sure. mentioning expensive, I do want to point out that 
you hear cold laser, you hear it works, and then you can go on Amazon and look for cold laser and buy something. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing that you will find at Stateline Animal Hospital or any uh, clinic that has cold laser. And it's Correct. that is a huge endorsement that Dr. Ott bought a machine because that's not a marketing ploy. This isn't somebody Correct. sold the machine. It's like, and you can do this add-on to your other treatments. When you buy it for your home use and you are a doctor, you know mm-hmm. this isn't just flash and style, that there is substance. Right. And yes, you're right. There are some decent handheld ones, but those are not like the K-laser and companion lasers, like you said, that we use in the practice or some chiropractors use them. But the handheld ones are, you're right, can be helpful, but they're not what we're talking about. Uh, And they have limited application. So a chiropractor who's using that also has the high-end one and they know, yes, this handheld one, this works for this situation, but certainly not mm-hmm. all situations. And Correct. the average home user doesn't know the difference. Right. That's right. And then unfortunate thing is people will buy those and they say they don't work, but that's because they're the lower grade and yeah, not mm-hmm. as strong. And, and then that's the review that you see when you go looking for it on Amazon is uh, these yeah. things are cheap and worthless. And it's like, well, that's the reputation that cold laser has now, but it's not really right. cold laser. Correct. The commercial ones are, you know, like forty to fifty thousand dollars, and those do work. But that's shockingly, they work better than the cost. ones that are a couple hundred bucks. That's amazing. <laughs> that are, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. The story I tell a lot of my clients is: we've had cold laser for even when Doctor Ott was the owner. He was probably one of the first ones to buy it in Kansas City. So we've used that for a long time. I was certified in acupuncture from the Chi. University in Florida in 2014, the end of 2014, right when I bought the practice. But we've been using laser for like four years. And when I started doing acupuncture, I kind of replaced that in my mind, the cold laser with acupuncture. Mm -hmm. But there are definitely two different modalities. One story I have is, like you said, as we get older, things hurt more. And (laughs) I did nothing cool other than wake up and my back hurt really bad. <laughs> no snowboarding or anything cool like yeah. that. I just That's a sign of aging up. is when you have those <laughs> injuries that you don't know where they came from. What were you right. doing? I was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I almost bent over lower back pain. And that was on a Monday, and I had Wednesdays off at that time. So I happened to have, this sounds like I'm fancy. I don't typically do this that often for myself, but I had a day of me stuff. Good for scheduled. you. So, yeah, I had actually chiropractic, acupuncture, and a massage scheduled that day on Wednesday. So I figured, okay, I'll suffer through it, and some of that will fix it Wednesday. So I had all of that done. I still woke up Thursday and almost couldn't breathe because of the lower back pain. So I came in here, and my technician cold lasered my back, and the pain was instantly gone. And I don't have a lot of ailments at all, but that was I mean, immediate. And so that was kind of a eye-opener for me that they're not interchangeable. They do different things, and and certain people and animals respond to certain things different ways, you know. So I know that all those three helped me, but the cold laser was what made that pain go away immediately. So that was interesting. Something that's come up with previous interviews is that 
a dog isn't going to wake up and tell you mm-hmm. I have lower back pain. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in nature, they hide their pain. They don't want mm-hmm. to show weakness. Right. Everyone who's a dog owner has experienced this. They've heard their dog yelp. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it say, oh, is it hurt or was it just startled? And the dog shakes it off and they're fine. It's like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. That was nothing. A month later, my dog is limping. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't think of what could have happened today. The dog was injured a month ago. That yelp mm-hmm. was when they got injured. They've been hiding it, and it's finally gotten to the point where they can't handle the pain anymore, or there's structural right. damage that they can't hide the pain, which makes seeing a trained professional like a massage therapist, a chiropractor, acupuncturist, a veterinarian, when you suspect there might be something, is important. But also, just for ongoing maintenance, things like acupuncture and massage and chiro, how much of that do you do in your practice? Just that maintenance of making sure a dog is having that best quality of life. Right. Uh, we do a lot of that. And I would call it maintenance and or preventive medicine. Specifically, say that a dog hurts their back. That often becomes a recurring injury, just like in humans. Mm-hmm. And we try to inform the owner how important, once we get them walking again or feeling better, how important the maintenance is because sometimes if they're new to alternative medicine, they won't always come back for the recheck or the, the maintenance. Then mm-hmm. they re-injure and then they understand, okay, yes, we need to do that. And then if we do the maintenance, typically it's less frequent recurrence or no recurrence at all. Part of the reason for that is whenever we get to it, there are, I could explain a little bit about how acupuncture works. Too, Please. But yeah. The Chinese believe that there are 14 lines of energy moving around the body in a circular pattern. Those are called meridians. And they are associated with every organ, which includes bones, skin, muscles, spleen, stomach, gallbladder, sight, you know, everything in the body. It's very deep medicine. It's very layered. I mean, I have so much more to learn, but the neat thing is, even if you know the basics, you are helping the animal. Even when you just first graduate and you learn the basics, I was starting to help animals, and the more you learn, the better you can help them. But specifically for pain, if that energy circular pattern gets stuck somewhere, then that's called stagnation. But you put the needles in to try and get that energy moving back into a circular pattern, which then balances the body and makes sure whatever meridian that's on, it allows that organ to work properly. So it's basically balancing yin and yang and then chi, which is energy, and then blood, which is the fluid of the body. So it can get kind of confusing if you don't understand it, but that's kind of the basic premise. And the other cool thing about animals, they do hide pain, but also there's no placebo effect. So you do this, and they're better or they're not, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. It's not like with some humans will go in, well, this isn't going to work, and that can make it not work, you know, sometimes yes. in your in your mind. And pets don't have that, so that's really nice. Yeah. The They're not going to say, tell. oh yeah, I'm doing fine because they have um, a date that night that they need to get to and th- let's move this along. <laughs> exactly. like they're in the moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's a neat thing. For painful conditions, you can see it very easily, but acupuncture and Chinese medicine, herbals and food can help any disease. It's just harder to see if you're trying to help something with the endocrine system or, you know, it's just harder to see exactly, but 
you can use it for anything. But the painful conditions, when the pain goes away, that's the easiest part to see mm-hmm. the result. And you, know, you can so. see it transform the dog. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That you realize there was something wrong when you see the improvement. Yes, that's exactly right. For instance, I have a little paralyzed doggy right now that we're doing aggressive acupuncture and chiropractic and herbs. And this brings up another point. Alternative medicine is more a patient medicine. You have to be patient with it. Whereas Western medicine is boom, you get a result that day or the next day, or, Mm -hmm. you know, we all want that quick fix. But again, that alternative therapies are balancing out kind of a deeper level. And also Um, with alternative therapy, you're not mm -hmm. getting some chemical building up in your liver as a side effect. That's correct. Throwing Which something is else. one of number of other side effects that different Western treatments have. Western treatments sometimes being necessary, and you talk about integrated yes. medicine used in conjunction with the Eastern. But if combined modalities mm-hmm. can give you optimal results, mm-hmm. mix and match as needed, and clinics like yours, I think, are going to become much more common because so. people see results. Correct. And like you said, the Western medicine, they fix one thing, but then sometimes throw another part of the body mm-hmm. out of balance, you know? So, yes. And I do a ton of Western medicine, very integrative. So there's no problems with that. It's just combination, integrative therapy. It, it just helps the animal so much yeah. more. Sometimes an ibuprofen is the right treatment. Correct. Not for dogs, but yeah. <laughs> By thinking of, you know, when you you call the doctor and they say, yeah, just take an ibuprofen or an aspirin. Yeah. They understand how it mm-hmm. works. They understand you and, and we can move on. But mm-hmm. if they say, that's just going to mask the symptoms, mm-hmm. let's go to the cause, which is another difference. And yeah. just to give a little bit of my background, I am the most rational, pragmatic person I know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's my unbiased opinion. <laughs> right. Anyone who's worked with me knows that I'm kind of a cut and dry bottom line. How do we make this work? Who do we need on the team? Who do we not need on the team? Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes to the point of disregarding personal feelings. What's the bottom line? What's our assignment? Mm-hmm. What is this project? That being mm-hmm. said, I also teach yoga for golfers. I am mm-hmm. a certified yoga instructor. I am level two certified in yin. So I understand what you're talking about with meridians. And when I see things work as a rational, objective, pragmatist, Mm -hmm. then I don't need it to fit my preconceived notions about what is medicine, what is treatment. Right. That's a good point. You know, a lot of alternative care is what they call anecdotal. There aren't as many studies, you know, that everybody wants the peer-reviewed and the Other than 5,000 years of it working in China, there's no studies. Or even 8,000 in animals. Exactly. But (laughs) so, I mean, I agree, but some people need that. Mm -hmm. If it's not in the New England Journal of Medicine. (laughs) Right. And so my professor at Chi University is really working on getting more. The amount of research papers that are out there now is just probably exponentially grown in the last probably five or 10 years because he's just really working on making that a thing because it is scientifically proven. They've done studies where you insert an acupuncture needle and the human is under an active MRI and you can see the electrical stimulation in certain areas of the brain after putting a needle in a certain area, you know, in the body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they've proved it and And it's 
And for someone who has never had acupuncture, they may not realize it's not a pain response that's firing up this area of the brain because acupuncture, no. I've had it done. I've never yeah. experienced pain from acupuncture. Right. This is not like getting a tetanus shot. Correct. They're tiny little needles. Mm-hmm. It's but not even like say, getting so a sliver. No, no. There are certain points that are stronger and you feel a sensation, but yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt and it goes away immediately. But there's certain different personalities of people and dogs, and some people have needle anxiety, mm-hmm. and I've used actually a cold laser instead of needles and gotten perfect results with that and some dogs that hate needles. And then, you know, cats are a whole nother situation where <laughs> most of them don't love needles, but there's a lot that will take them, but I, I'll use the laser with the cats a lot more. But yeah, it's not a pain response. Like your pain is causing them to respond. It's moving that energy. Yeah. And on that note, we don't have to sedate animals for acupuncture. It's actually kind of counterproductive if you do, because you're wanting to release the chemicals in the body, the natural anti-pain chemicals, when you put those needles in. And most animals, we put some calming permission points in first, and often they'll just lay down and take a nap. And if they don't, you know, we don't continue. If they don't like it, we don't continue that because it's supposed to be positive. And if they're just stressing out about it, mm-hmm. I don't continue. We, we pick other things, such as Chinese herbs, which balance the body out similar to needles, but you, you know, you just add it to the food. Those two combination, acupuncture and herbs, works even better than just one or the other, but certain people don't have time to bring them here for acupuncture all the time or, or you know, it depends on what's going on, how frequently I would want to see them. But herbs, you know, you just give them the food and, and that's easy. And then I also do food therapy, which if they're eating better, they're feeling better. And we use food as kind of as medicine, just like a lot of humans are starting to do. Yeah. Eating healthier is almost like medicine yeah. to your body. Yeah. So. yeah, I think it's important for listeners who are new to these alternatives that acupuncture isn't just a thing. It is one aspect of a broader approach to wellness. Yes, whole body. So it's, it's not, as, as you're describing it, it's not used as something where you go to an acupuncturist and they just start sticking needles in you. They're mm-hmm. going to figure out, well, what's appropriate? Needles might not be appropriate. Needles aren't working. So Correct. we're going to adjust to herbs. My first experience with anything related to acupuncture was when I was an engineer on a radio show I thought you were an engineer. That's interesting. You can get that vibe from me. I was an audio engineer. Mm. This is about Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Okay. And the guest was a prominent Kansas City acupuncturist. And I had this head cold that I'd had for a couple days, Mm -hmm. which is really rough when you have to listen to audio levels and detect background noise Mm. and make adjustments. (laughs) when you Mm -hmm. can't hear. (laughs) Right. So at the top of the hour, there's a couple minutes where commercials run before we then did the top of the hour news and the host signs off and thanks the guests for coming. And uh, we're in that break. And I just mentioned, I've got this head cold. I can't hear. Is that something that you could treat with acupuncture? And he says, come around here and sit down. So I come from behind Mm -hmm. the control room board, sit down in chair. He says, lean your head back. And he puts his fingers behind my ears and says, here's where I would put the needles and applies gentle pressure. Mm -hmm. 
I couldn't get down the hall to the bathroom fast enough. My sinuses just immediately <laughs> started mm-hmm. draining. It's like I needed paper towels, and I was fine the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. That's my endorsement there. Uh, one last mm-hmm. thing I do want to circle back to is mm-hmm. you mentioned maintenance, preventative treatment. Mm-hmm. Dog lovers associate particular issues with breeds that German Shepherds and Labs mm-hmm. have hip dysplasia and uh, brachiocephalic dogs have the breathing issues and all these mm-hmm. things that you assume your dog is probably going to have because they're a breed. By right. having regular visits with a veterinarian, particularly one at uh, St. Line Animal Hospital who explores various options for treatment, mm-hmm. you're going to identify what that dog needs. And by doing maintenance and preventative treatments, this will eventually be an issue if we don't start doing something now. Mm-hmm. That's right. And yes. Which is I a lot cheaper. That- yeah. Than waiting until your dog is seven and you have to make those tough choices about do we need to have surgery for this dog? Right. Not to mention that the dog's going to feel a lot better for those first seven years, let alone exactly. those last few years. Yeah, the preventive medicine is so much less expensive and, and more effective for the quality of life of the pet. And if you keep the body balanced structurally with chiropractic and it's on a deep level with acupuncture and just good food therapy, they're going to have a higher quality of life, live a longer life, and it will be less expensive over time with preventative medicine. I mean, things can still happen, Mm -hmm. but preventive is so much better. And as a human, I can make the choice, do I want to eat right or do I want to wait until I'm overweight and then decide, well, maybe now I should start looking at my diet and exercise. Right after eating poorly for the first 50 years of my life. Dogs (laughs) have a much shorter lifespan, so Mm -hmm. there's less time to figure things out. And two, you have a responsibility to that pet that's a part of your family to make the decisions for them and not wait for them to decide, I'm going to look into my diet and exercise. You need to make sure your dog is eating well, your dog is getting exercise, your dog is seeing a professional who can assess what sort of treatments or maintenance needs to be done. You have that responsibility, even if you're neglecting yourself, which I don't want you to neglect yourself, (laughs) but you have a bigger responsibility to make sure that that pet is getting the best care for our listeners who might be interested in what state line animal hospital has to offer. Obviously they can click on the link in this episode description, but let them know where you are located. Dr. Sally. We are on State Line in Leewood, Kansas, right off of 435. Easy access. Mostly, yep, behind Gates Barbecue. We mostly, that's how people know. <laughs> yeah, just roll down your window as you're on the south loop of 435. <laughs> and when you smell mm-hmm. Gates, that's when you need to exit. Turn left. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, you're, you're almost there. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with our listeners and, and taking time to be on this episode of Dog Words. Any final thoughts for our listeners? I just think you brought up a ton of great points. You know, I'd love to explain more about each individual therapy, particularly food, because food is such a personal thing for humans and for their pets. And that food can be so important. And they don't teach us a lot in vet school about food. And 
there's a million types of foods and it's very specific to your pet. It's just all over the place on what dogs will do well on what types of food. And, you know, I get a lot of people that say, oh, I never give them table scraps. And I kind of cringe at that because you don't want to get a bad, you know, pizza and mac and cheese, but table scraps that are whole food are so good for them. And you can use specific foods for therapy and keeping them healthy. And so, I mean, there's just so much more I'd love to talk about. But Yeah, whenever someone says never or always, <laughs> you should pause. Right. <laughs> and consider, hmm, is is this really an absolute, right? Or am I just being lazy? Because because mm-hmm. once you say never or always, then you never have to revisit that thought. <laughs> you can just move on blindly. So yes, mm-hmm. I would love to have you back, and we'll talk about food and all the other things that your uh, ozone treatment, everything. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll definitely have you back. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, Phil. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Dr. Sally Barchman from State Line Animal Hospital and Holistic Health. There's a link to the hospital's website in the episode description, as well as links to the archived interviews with massage therapist Liz Jeans and chiropractor Dr. Kimberly Hunt. Next time on Dog Words, we head north to Alaska with veterinarian volunteer Dr. Vern Ott for a fascinating and enlightening discussion of the last great race, the Iditarod. Celebrate five years of Rosie Fund by supporting our campaign to sponsor 50 dogs. You can donate on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website or by buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com. Links are in the description. A big thank you to Alternative String Duo The Wires featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Also ask them about their Valentine specials that include a professionally arranged and recorded love song of your choice for your sweetheart. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. As always, please download, subscribe, rate, and share Dog Words. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other. <laughs>